Let's begin now. Let's do it. Tuesday night. Three hours of after hours tonight. Pretty excited about that. Wednesday, tomorrow, we get Arrowhead Pride Radio. Get Nathan and Dusty with you tonight. What's up, Dusty? How much, man? How are you? I'm well. It's been uh been a couple weeks, right? It's been a minute. Okay. You doing all right? Life's okay. Life's good. Everything man. checks out. Yeah, and I'm gonna get in here with you more. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna do this. I like that. Um, do you ever, I don't know if this is like personal or not, but have you ever like listened to a song that like, you know, that you've heard, I don't know, if, I don't know how many times you listen to the same song, but like, let's say you've heard it 20 times and you've never really like listened to the lyrics. You all just the, like the song all the time. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll sing the wrong words, yeah. you know, with my chest out for years at a time yeah. or just completely miss the meaning of a song. Yeah, I just uh, so I started getting into like Sam Cooke. I don't know if you're familiar with Sam Cooke. I'm familiar. Yeah. So he had a song that I heard on the radio station that I listened to uh, for music. So on the way home and in the way here, I don't listen to sports radio. Right. Like I don't want to be. So this is maybe a little behind the curtain information of myself, but I don't want to be biased on Maybe something I hear Carrington do or I hear Fesco do if I come in for Cody and Gold. Like, that's nothing against them. I just, like, at times I'll listen to music, and then when I get here I'll, you know, look through the files and see what they were talking about then. But, like, on the way in I want to just, you know, clear mine on the way out. I don't care either. And I was, I was listening to uh, Let's Get It On uh, by Marvin Gaye. And I never really listened to those lyrics. And, and I mean, I just – I felt – probably like two or three lines of that song that I'd never known existed before. Yeah. Yeah. Like he tells that young woman that he wants to groove her. Yes, he does. Okay. And I just always seem to pass through that because I have a, uh, I've been listening to Sam Cooke a lot lately and, and uh, the good times roll was on and the way that Apple music will do it is it will, if, if, if a song ends, they won't just play the same artist again. They'll play like the same genre. And so they went right into Marvin Gaye. Gotcha. And that song started playing. It was early in the morning, and uh, when he when he said, you know, I don't want to push you, baby, but if you let me push you, it just I just that song. I knew it was about uh, wrestling around and, and getting your thing, you know, getting your thing down. I was gonna say, yeah, but I, I didn't I didn't know it was that well, well written. Oh yeah, no, I mean, and from even a young age, the general, I mean, just the music at the start <sighs> of that song, you can tell what it's about. I'm a Spotify guy though, and they have that. They have a same DJ feature. feature. Yeah, might be a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, where it just kind of syncs the same stuff. Yeah. Do you think people still play music before they get down, or while they're getting? Do you think there are still people? Because I feel like that was maybe a '90s trend. Like before you were getting ready to wrestle with your partner, you'd put on a song and go to it. But again, well, I'd most say songs that. are four minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> I'd say that continued past the '90s. Okay. No comment further than that. But, yeah, I think it's dying. Okay. I think it's dying. You think people just go straight in there, no music? Mm. Just Now I think it's Netflix. I think Netflix has taken over for music before you 
do the thing. You just leave Suits or whatever playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Suits is a good show. Uh, Adam Shine had this to say about, of course, uh, what we'll talk about. This is after hours tonight. Dusty Likers with Nate with you as well. Uh, man, I had filled in for Carrington last week. Danny Parkins came on the show on Wednesday. And check that. It was Thursday. And one of the narratives that he had in the many conversations we had is that the AFC was wide open. Boy, did that change. This is a flat-out disgrace, a complete embarrassment. And how about Sean McDermott? I mean, please. I mean, this is what we've talked about forever on Time to Shine. 13 seconds against Kansas City. The Tennessee game, the Minnesota game last year. You look at what transpired against the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round and that he fires Leslie Frazier. Why was he blitzing on that third and ten? Made no sense. Troy Aikman was brilliant on that as a first guess on the broadcast last night on Monday Night Football. Second and ten was great. You blitz, you get him out of field goal range. That's one thing. The old Greg Williams YOLO zero blitz the hell was that? If you get six yards on that play for the Broncos, it so favors the Buffalo Bills. There were so many issues with the kicking game for Denver all night. The wind was whipping. What are you doing? And how are you not prepared for that field goal attempt? Sean Payne botched the entire thing down the stretch. I couldn't believe it. Taking the knee, setting it up. This is not like the Lions and the Chargers from the other night where you can't let Justin Herbert touch the football. The, the Bills were stuck in the mud. Who cares if Josh Allen gets it? With 20 seconds to go. So you should have had the field goal team on the damn field. Sean McDermott embarrassed himself. The penalties and calling that play, he's now the defensive coordinator, that's on him. Ken Dorsey is a sacrificial lamb here because Sean McDermott, I mean, he fired Leslie Frazier, now he fires Ken Dorsey. And here's the problem. The schedule is impossible. The schedule is impossible. We'll get into that a little bit later tonight. But, man, you talk about, you know, you talk about how the AFC was so wide open four days ago, right? I think that's the right Monday, Sunday, Saturday, Friday. Okay, four days ago. And then this bye week, which is the week after a lot of us, myself included, said this is when the real season starts, is when the Chiefs and Miami Dolphins play because everything will get hectic afterwards. Remember that? You can do your little time portal and go back and and think about that. But when you think about what it was before week nine, right? Everybody was, who's this team? What's this team about? They're hanging around. And we try to tell you, you know, the season doesn't start until really like December. That's when things get a little bit more hectic and they will get hectic. We found out so much more this week. We found out the AFC picture slash the bye week of the decade for your Kansas City Chiefs. You've never had a better bye week in your life. And I'm sure some of you on the text line, 913-586-7610, Jay Southland, Toast Service text line, could probably be like, well, you know, in 97, when they went 13-3 and and lost to Denver, they actually had a bye week in week seven, which, you know, whatever. But, man, you found out so much more about each team that maybe was – trying to get into the fast lane as we continue to use the highway as the analogy for this season, as we did last year too, right? Last year it was Buffalo that tried to get in front of everyone, not give a rip about the speed limit and just try to go, go, go. Buffalo's burned out, man. We saw that Buffalo's burned out, man. They were the nice shiny forerunner 
looks great. What you didn't know is after about eight years, which we're, sh- we're slimming that down to about four years realistically in the NFL, you started having problems. But they were a little bit of foreshadowing of those problems before. Man, I feel like I get my oil changed more than I ever do. Josh Allen, man. I'm not saying the guy's, you know, a bad quarterback, but some may write. Turning the ball over more often than not, the most turnovers in football since 2018. And I'm not the only one that's complaining about this to say that, but it's, you know, you can blame Sean McDermott. And I do believe that if the Bills miss the playoffs, Sean McDermott will lose his job. You fired Leslie Frazier. Ken Dorsey is a fall guy. You're the defensive coordinator. You're supposed to have your job in your hands. And when they do that, normally, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but normally when they let you have your moves and they let you do your thing and it doesn't work out, there is no one else to blame. We know Buffalo's window is all but shut. I'm not going to sit here and say it's closed, but Buffalo's window is a little slit. Right For those of you that have uh, attic fans, you know how you leave your your window open like three inches at night just so you can get that nice whip of the wind? That's Sean McDermott in the Bills' window, and this, Dan Levitard, on why Josh Allen. That game last night is the first you got since 2016, a Bengals game, where that situation happened, 30-plus penalty yards at the end of a game to cost you the game because the Bills had multiple penalties and seemed poorly coached, seemed undisciplined, and you can say that the turnovers might not have been a fault last night, if you want, or the fault of somebody else to got, but since 2018, no human being playing professional football has turned the ball more or over more than this person. I, I you un- cannot blame that on his teammates. No, I understand. Well, some of them you can. I'm but you can't, you. No, you can't blame that number. Okay. He's, it, it's more than 70, Stugat. It's more than 70. Many of those are Josh Allen's fault. He's reckless. I rest my case with the AFC East, which is also a mess. The Jets and the Bills are the same record. And guess who plays each other next week? That's right. The Miami Dolphins sit atop of that division, also collecting on the bye week. We kind of know what the AFC East is. It's Baltimore's, I'm sorry, it's Miami's to kind of take away. The other thing that we noticed this weekend was that the AFC North is, I mean, that is a slaughterhouse. I don't want to be in that division, right? Like the first half of football, Deshaun Watson looked completely washed, looked completely full of the narrative that is, if you take time off this league for a year, you're never the same again. Like you're noticing that with Calvin Ridley. You notice that with Le'Veon Bell, Deshaun Watson. You take a year off in this league, it moves so fast, you get so far behind so quickly that it's hard to catch up. And then, randomly, Deshaun Watson in the second half went like 13 for 13. That defense and that offense started to click, and Baltimore lost. And Baltimore, who was supposed to be this, you know, number one team in the power rankings, Lamar Jackson's our MVP, this defense is legit. Baltimore loses when leading, I believe at one point, like 27 to nine. And we found out that they can't close. They've lost to Indianapolis. They've lost to Cleveland. And I believe, I forget who the, and it's only, they've lost two games, right? Three games. They've lost three. They're seven and three. And they got a big one on Thursday night. Short turnaround. Marlon Humphrey didn't blow out his Achilles, has a calf strain. Still going to miss time. Not going to play Thursday. They play Cincinnati. 
another battle of the North. Cincinnati plays a team in C.J. Stroud, and don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'm going to give C.J. Stroud all the respect in the world. I'm going to humble myself as well. Because then you saw what C.J. Stroud did to Cincinnati, and you think to yourself, okay. Well, I remember listening to this Dusty guy and play this Chad Ochocinco audio that went healthy. Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in all football. Joe Burrow made two big mistakes in the second half. Bengals lose that game. C.J. Stroud answered the call back-to-back weeks. We get into C.J. Stroud a little bit later on. But the NA, the, the AFC South, the AFC South is a two-team race. Speaking of windows being closed, Tennessee's, right? At one point, they were in the AFC Championship game. They were. They were in an AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. Got beat, but they were in an AFC Championship game. They were winners of their division multiple years. That window is done. And that's what they got when they put all their chips in Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Now Ryan Tannehill doesn't start, and Derrick Henry is getting older. Still a top five running back in the league. But, like, what does that mean anymore? Right? Like, Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing last year for the Raiders. Ooh, cool. Trevor Lawrence, here's where I get humble. Man, was I wrong. Trevor Lawrence gave everybody belief that he is just not the golden boy. He's not that guy. And I'm wrong for that. I lost $25 this week. Hell, I lost $25 in week two. When I had a futures bet of Trevor Lawrence being the MVP of the league. What an idiot. Me. Dumb. Go home. You don't get to play basketball with the kids on the block for another two weeks because you're dumb. Dusty, you need to go away for a little bit. Bad take. Man, Buffalo, Jacksonville, and I get it, man. We're in week 10. We move on to week 11. Thursday night football, we get another question. We get another answer because somebody got to lose. I don't think that game's going to end in a tie. And I feel most Chiefs fans are rooting for Cincinnati. Right? Because if Cincinnati wins, I'm going to play the big what if before we go to break. If Cincinnati wins on the road in Baltimore and the Chiefs can beat Philadelphia in the biggest game of the year, man, you might have two keys to two different houses with a whole lot of closing time left. And what I mean by that is you might have the West locked up and you might have the AFC so far in front with such little time racking up behind you that it could be over. But again, I hinted at it. The biggest game of the year. We finally get to talk about it. The bye week's over. We're on a Tuesday night, November 14th, here on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. The other side, Philadelphia, Kansas City. What it means, why it is, and is going to be the biggest game of the year for the NFL. Back here on After Hours, Dusty Leggins with you, with you Nate. You like Nate, Nathan? I guess I never asked you. Everybody always asks me Dusty or Dustin. I always say it doesn't matter. I get everything. Yeah. Nathan, Nate. Nasty Nate. Whatever you're feeling. Yeah, as we get later in the night, probably. Mm. Probably. We will do the out of left field question to give you a little bit of heads up on the rest of the week. Uh, Tomorrow, DA on at 930 with Fesco in the morning. Pete Sweeney on at 3 o'clock with Carrington Harrison. Then it's Pete and I for Arrowhead Pride Radio from 6 until 7 Full slate on Thursday night for after hours, six to nine. No players only meeting or players only show. But then uh, Friday, no show. K-State will uh, will play Providence at five o'clock. So uh, or six. Well, I think it's five o'clock. But either way, you can hear that here on 610 Sports Radio, your home for Kansas State athletics. And speaking of Kansas State, we'll talk about more of this on Thursday. The Sunflower Showdown 
Uh, during the Subfire Showdown this Saturday, November 18th, every customer that walks through the door will be entered to win free wings for a year, $2 off all pitchers during the game of KU versus K-State during the Sunflower Showdown. Both locations are uh, participating in this for Jefferson's, Lenexa, and North Kansas City. Also, Jefferson's was voted favorite wings in Kansas City by the Kansas City Star. So go support my friend Nick Price. You can hear on Monday nights with me as we, uh, you know, talk a little Chiefs, but we'll do that a little bit. I saw, uh, Nathan, I saw a little thing on Twitter uh, that said that Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams likes to combine his cheeseburger with his Oreo McFlurry. That man could not have been sober at the time that picture was taken. Yeah, it might have been pretty blazed. It's bad. And I and we were talking about this, the whole combining fast mm-hmm. food with like your dessert, like the fry and the frosty thing, yeah. has never made sense to me to begin with. But dumping the ice cream on the burger, that's that's ludicrous. Yeah, definitely not the uh definitely not the fry and the and the frosty guy. That's mm. uh that's a little bit of I just don't like extreme sweet and salties. Like some people give me a lot of trouble for liking um like uh, fries and ketchup because people would say that ketchup is sweet, fries are salty, and they're both. I don't know if ketchup is an extreme sweet, but like chocolate covered pretzels, honey roasted peanuts, I don't need them. Um, but I do like pineapple and pizza, and it is very struggling for me to get through the first, like the top, the dome of a drumstick because there's peanuts and and chocolate. I love a drumstick. But it's a it's a quick struggle for me to like get through the top, and then once we get over the over once the once the the peanuts are gone, we're good. Then we're on easy street. Oh, the best bite of a drumstick is at the very bottom of the cone. There, you got that little chocolate tucked in the cone, mm-hmm. a little bit a little bit of ice cream that's melted mm-hmm. down in there. It doesn't get better than that, Dusty. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I get it so warm you can like you can drip it out. You know, I have it like cupped in my hand down in there and I just hold it like a like a toddler holds a sucker like you can't get that from a kid. Um I meant to t- I, I talked about this a little bit last week I just don't want to get ahead of myself and I I had this written down uh you know in the phone I guess so text it out and in, in my notes page man this is game of the year. We finally got to this point. This is the game of the year of the NFL, in my opinion, Philadelphia and Kansas City. And there's more to it than just a national perspective. This A.J. Brown last year in the locker room after the Super Bowl was over. Um, when we went up 27-21, uh, I knew uh, deep down that it was probably a chance we were, we were going to lose. Because he got the field goal there instead of the touchdown? Mm-hmm. A.J. Brown saying he knew they were going to lose when they were up 27-21. Yeah, we remember that Super Bowl last year. Very nerve-wracking, right? 21-24, I believe, at halftime. Chiefs come back. They'd get the lead. It's interesting because I do think matchup-wise, there's probably not a game that is better than this. This is the game, in my opinion, of the entire year of the NFL. Like every Sunday on Fantasy Football Sundays – uh, brought to you by Twin Peaks, Eat Streaks, Scenic Views. I always do a all-juice game in remembrance of Therese Paler. And this is it, man, like times 10. Thursday night football is good. It's the appetizer. This is the main course. They give you five shrimp to start your meal off. You eat three because you know you've got a porterhouse coming. 
with a twice-baked potato plus asparagus plus a side salad, and you're drinking some red wine, which somebody earlier said, Nathan, that the uh, wine and music is the number one aphrodisiac. I saw that. Yeah, I can't can't disagree. I think it still works. I think the number one aphrodisiac is oysters. It's been proven by science. Go on your first date and go get oysters. Not only you'll figure out how tough you two are, how – uh, how many beers you can drink together, but you'll find out how, how it goes because that's what they say about oysters. But either way, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong because I know that I'm going to piss some people off with this take, but I feel like this game could be as electric as maybe some people anticipated the Montana-Elway game to be. Monday night football. Right, and we know that Monday night football is not always great. We always wonder, is Sunday night football the better night for football than Monday night? Oh, man, I remember back in the day, man, we used to always love Monday night football. Well, we didn't have Thursday night. Sunday night, you know, wasn't really a a big thing, and now it's kind of shifted. This is a game that everybody knows on a national platform what happened the last two times they played. Right, like we can sit here and beat to death 27-4 27-4 and four is Andy Reid's, you know, win record after a bye. Both teams had a bye last week. Chiefs have the number, you know, blah, 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 defense. On a Tuesday, November 14th, five days before this game happens, everybody knows and is anticipating Monday night's game. Whether you're a Chiefs fan or an Eagles fan, you're watching, and I think that kind of gives you that sort of buildup that maybe Montana Elway got and then delivered. Now we can't predict the future, right? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not Biff Tannen over here with an almanac that's going to tell you how this game ends. But everything seems to kind of set up to the hype of just the generic. Oh, it's one team v one team. Both of the number one teams in their division. Like we got to week tw- week eleven, right? Where last year at the end of the season. The best team in the AFC and the best team in the NFC was Philadelphia and Kansas City. And all the way through to week 11 in the next season, who's the best team in the AFC? Kansas City Chiefs. Who's the best team in the NFC? The Philadelphia Eagles. You cannot deny that. Like, I'm not just saying that. I'm telling you those are the standings. The one seed in each division is playing or are playing each other on Monday night. You cannot make that up. And not only that, but if you peel back a couple layers, when you want to say, can this be as electric as Elway Montana, did you watch the Super Bowl? Do you see what these quarterbacks are doing? And you have a modern day kind of what, and again, I know Elway Montana, that was division. That was Denver, Kansas City. There was a rivalry there. Do do you not remember the end of the Super Bowl? And how many weeks? I think Juju Smith-Schuster sent A.J. Brown and a couple other guys, James Bradbury, a Valentine's Day card. And A.J. Brown was was getting pretty upset with McCall. Well, not McCall. Yeah, McCall Hardman getting mad with players talking, blaming the field. Right? Like, there, there's no love lost between these two teams. And it's Hurts versus Mahomes, Tier 1. Right? Tier two, in my mind, is of course Kelsey v. Kelsey. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows Mahomes and Hurts added time. Because you know what's going to happen? Once this game gets played 
It's going to be the highest viewed Monday night football game in the last seven years. Shoot it, maybe 10. We know the Chiefs produce ratings, right? Germany had more views than the World Series. Number one viewed foreign game of the NFL. Thursday night last year, week two, most viewed Thursday night football game, Chiefs Chargers. It just happens to go that way. And then tier three, which not a lot of people get to, right? Parlays of tiers here. You get those Chiefs cornerbacks against another wide receiver one who's been one of the three best wide receivers in football this year. Who do you want to rank the top three receivers? Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb. Justin Jefferson takes a pass because he's missed six weeks. By the way, you don't play C.D. Lamb, but you play Tyreek Hill. He got 62 yards. You're going to play A.J. Brown with that defense, which is a top-tier defense in the league. And it's all on Monday Night Football. It's the game of the year. Coming up on the other side, there's a kid that's making a surgeon in the NFL, and I'm here for it because it reminds me a little bit of what we did six years ago, and you cannot be biased about it. I'm Dusty Likens. It's Nathan. We're on 610 Sports Radio, and you're lifting the after hours. Back here on After Hours, Nathan Dusty with you until 9 o'clock. Out of left field question at 8 o'clock. Kind of how we bring the crowd back together in full circle. Do you do a a Friendsgiving? It's been a few years since I've done a Friendsgiving. You guys are kind of over it? I've got one planned for this year, though, Thanksgiving evening, so I'm pumped for that. You have a Friendsgiving literally on Thanksgiving? Coming up this Thanksgiving, yeah. That's interesting. Sorry, family. The, well, I'll do the family thing. We do, uh, I guess, what you usually call dinner, right, at mm-hmm. lunchtime. Oh, okay, um, so you do like, like an early afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's interesting. I've always thought Thanksgiving family dinner should be at like 3.30. Yeah. I feel like that's like the the nuts and bolts of Thanksgiving. No, but it's always, it's always we are always sitting down to eat. Right when the 11 o'clock window of football is getting good. If oh, it's nice. getting good. I mean, it's usually Detroit, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes it's not. But, yeah. Yeah. It is true. Like, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other night about Thanksgiving and now, like, there's just, you know, everybody has traditions on Thanksgiving that are just unbreakable. Like, Sally's bringing the green bean casserole. Dominic's making the mac and cheese. Greg always does the turkey. You just don't you don't break tradition on Thanksgiving no. most of the times. No. We go we go classics Thanksgiving spread. I'm a mm-hmm. green bean casserole and stuffing monster. Yeah. I can take and leave anything else, but those two things, like three quarters of my plate, man. That's like half of your plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do uh which is weird because I just found this out. We're doing a Friendsgiving on Saturday. And then every year we uh with another group of friends, we do a uh like a cocktail like a two-hour cocktail hour, then we just go downtown Lee Summit and party our asses off because nobody's doing anything the next day, right? That's why it's nice to eat at 11 would be nice. Or like 1.30 is a good window to be like, no, we're going to do, we're going to eat. But, uh, yeah, no one had really known what green be- or uh, what broccoli cheese rice was. Are you familiar with that? I'm familiar with it. We yeah. Not on Thanksgiving. Yeah, my family always did it. Yeah. 
And so when we got the group text, what do you want to bring? What do you want to bring? There's always the cop-out person that's like, I'll bring the Hawaiian rolls. I got the plates. Yeah, no, you can't do that these days. Got the cups. Yeah, but the people that are like, I'll bring the Hawaiian rolls, you're like, all right. But uh, I was like, yeah, I'll do broccoli cheese rice. And one of the guys was like, what the hell is broccoli cheese rice? I was like, well, it's pretty self-explanatory. Because, like, you're not out here trying. I mean, you could, if you really want to be, you know, decent, you could have a healthy Thanksgiving. But, you know, it's the one day that everybody kind of just throws it away. That's what your group should do. You guys should not have the traditional turkey, mashed potatoes. You should each bring the dish that your family eats for Thanksgiving that's weird. Yeah. That's what would make that awesome. It would. But I am like you. I have my traditionals. I'm a big sides guy. I'm a big, I like sweet potato casserole or sweet potato pie. Love green bean casserole, broccoli cheese, rice, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes and gravy, stovetop t- uh, stuffing. All the way. I know that's that's probably a little unclassy, but like I think that's just the nostalgia that hits up. Um, Dusty, did you see the replay of the Phantom catch between Rockers and Lee Summit North? Seriously, Lee Summit North got screwed. Seriously, watch the replay. I'm, it's sad. No, we saw it. Went right between his arms, he trapped it, and they called it a touchdown. Uh-huh. Rockers, man. Um, speaking of surprises in football, Nathan, I don't know where you thought CJ Stroud was gonna end up this season, but I think we can all agree that we're surprised. But it's not in a bad way. No, no, I thought if I thought the quarterback class was weak overall. I thought Anthony Richardson, if his upside hits, like kind of was the guy that had the potential. I didn't yeah. put much stock into Young or Stroud. I'm I'm very surprised at what's going on. That's- yeah. When I watch it, at least the last two weeks, and I know that's a, I know that's a small sample size, but when I watch it the last two weeks, it gives me a lot of uh, a Patty Mahomes vibes. His first year as a starter, he made three or four plays this Sunday in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. where I mean, he he extended the play way longer than it needed to be, and found somebody. It looked, I mean, the 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 counting stats aren't. He's not going to put up fifty this right, year, yeah, right? Yeah. But the the athleticism that's popped these last few weeks, yeah, it's got to remind you of twenty eighteen, Pat. Yeah, and what I mean by that is, like, you look at his games this year, right? 384 in week two, 306 against the Steelers, and then obviously against the Bucks last week or two weeks ago, he had 470, and against the Bengals, he had 356. What's crazy about this kid is that he's got a QB rating so far this season of 101 even. He's thrown 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. He's thrown for 2,600 yards, and he's got a completion percentage of 61.6. Now, league average would tell you that the, you know, 64 to 65 is kind of like where you kind of see the Mahomes, the Burroughs, the not Josh Allens, but those kind of guys that, you know, you consider there. But C.J. Stroud, man, the kid is a dog. And he's a leader as well. And I think the thing that's interesting the most to me is that when I watch him play these last few weeks, because against Cincinnati, you know, I think Cincinnati got out to an early lead and then Burrow showed that like pizzazz. He hit Jamar Chase on a dime for like 61 yards. And then you got to that point where it was like, okay, Houston's leading. They were five and a half point underdogs. And now all of a sudden Cincinnati comes back and it's kind of that, where you start to see it, right? You see the veteran quarterback kind of showing up in the big moment. Burrow did. Then threw two interceptions in the second half that were costly. C.J. Stroud had only thrown one interception the entire year before that game and then threw a costly intercept, interception in the fourth quarter. And you kind of looked at yourself and you're like, all right, 
well, here's one of those questions. How does he handle adversity, right? This is a big you moment. And I know football is more than just a one-person sport, but sometimes it's ironic, right? Just like last night, you can blame the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott for not being prepared, or you can blame your quarterback for playing one of the worst games of his career. It's up to you. I'm not going to be mad at either way you look at it. But when this game happened and C.J. Stroud did this, right, you got a lot of sort of like, okay, he led his team because the week before, drove down the field, put a dime in the bucket, and making receivers that not a lot of people, like, raise of hands, how many people were like, I know who Tank Dell is. Not a lot of you knew who he was. Some of you didn't even know that Bob Woods was playing for the Texans. And he is. That guy that played for the Rams. And he does these things that give you somewhat. And again, I want to be perfectly clear. I am not calling him Mahomes or saying that he can get to Mahomes' ceiling. He's just giving me that buzz and that vibe that Mahomes gave the league. Now, Mahomes did it a little bit earlier in the season, right? Because Mahomes went, what, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 600 yards in two games, right? He was six touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers and four against the Chargers, and that's how the year started. So it was like, holy smokes. Plus, we had seen a game of Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't a rookie when he started. And when you see the way the league reacts and the way game respects game, like, all right, that guy's just a stud. The other thing it reminds me of is that there were other quarterbacks taken. Right? Bryce Young was taken ahead of C.J. Stroud. Like Mitch Trubisky was taken ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Why? I don't know. Maybe they didn't trust the Texas Tech narrative. They thought the, uh, you know, the North Carolina kid with some legs and the arm, that could fit in today's football world. It just didn't. But the other thing that C.J. Stroud has showed me, other than similarities of the story that became Patrick Mahomes of like, well, he's kind of must watch. Like, you better believe the Texans will be on primetime TV next year at least four times. They've already earned that. They'll be on Sunday night football, obviously Thursday night football. They'll have a Monday night game, and they'll throw Texans and Jags somewhere else in prime time. As they now are fighting for the division lead and have tiebreaker over Jacksonville, they got to get one more win. But they beat Jacksonville week two, or I'm sorry, week three. Jacksonville lost to the Chiefs, and then they lost to the Texans, and then they just lost to the Niners. But the other thing that it gives me notice of is that C.J. Stroud is also the problem with the NFL. It's not a bad problem, but it's the problem of the quarterback position that if you're going to be it, damn it, you got to be it and it quick. Because if you look at every other story, right, everybody's already like, I don't know about Bryce Young. He's not really done anything that really gives me that. Right. Will Levis is like one bad game away from it being over. Anthony Richardson injuries can't do it. But quarterbacks in the past, they get drafted high. When it doesn't project early, it normally never does. And you can go throughout the last five years of when the quarterback position really got more and more focused of athleticism and can you do that out-of-the-pocket throw. We know Zach Wilson ain't it. It took four games. We know that that kid in New England ain't it. It took four games. We know C.J. Stroud's it. It took four games. Jalen Hurts, when he got the chance, he showed that it worked. 
So you're either it and you do it, or you're just kind of good enough, or you don't make it. That's the NFL, and you find that out within like four to six weeks of your career. Like we know Kirk Cousins, we knew in four to six games, you know, he may not be elite, but you could build a franchise around it. You could get by and get a chance, and anything can happen in the playoffs. You saw Mahomes, you saw Herbert, you saw Burrow, those guys that had the elite sort of talent. And I don't know if they can be leaders, like Herbert can't really, you know, win with that head coach and that way they run that franchise, but you saw the way that they had it right away, and you know when they don't right away as well. And C.J. Stroud's been a stud, and they got a chance. They got a chance, maybe, maybe, to take that division. We'll get back into what the discussion was of the game of the year slash C.J. Stroud in the AFC picture. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Here on 610 Sports Radio After Hours with you until 9 p.m. tonight. Dusty Likens, Nathan with you. Somebody said after 8 o'clock, it's nasty, Nate, and dirty, Dusty. I don't know. That sounds a little... That might be a stretch. Somebody on the text line, uh, we go back to C.J. Stroud. They said from the 816, what really sticks out to them is the patient poise and accuracy. Which I feel like that's what like the Mahomes factor was. I think that, sorry, that conversation was longer than one segment and had to carry over to the end of this. We only have a couple minutes till we get to the 7 o'clock hour. But, Nathan, I'm just thinking that, like, when I watched, because he, I don't know if you do Red Zone or not, but it was, I mean, it, two weeks ago, it was the game on Red Zone. And then this week, it was just one of those things, man, where it was like, you know, can he do it? Is he going to do it? And then you, you know, you see him go down the field and, and face adverse. Like, I remember when Mahomes played in that Rams game. I think he threw two interceptions in that game, five touchdowns or something like that. It was 54 to 51. Yeah, I think he went six and three that Six night. and three. Yeah. That's the thing is like, you know, some guys will throw an interception in an intense, you know, firepower heavy game and then just like, you know, hide away or let it frustrate him. But then there's other guys that'll throw a pick, and then immediately it's like, oh, the next drive they get, it's, you know, connection, 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 touchdown. You're just like, okay, believe that. I don't know. I just – and I think the interesting thing with C.J. Stroud is is that maybe, just maybe, he's that next guy where, you know, the last five years it's been Mahomes, Allen, Burrow – that maybe it gets to a point where it's Stroud, Mahomes, Burrow. I think he can get there. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, the the poise and things that were there with Mahomes, they were there with Mahomes as well. Mm-hmm. But this year specifically for C.J. Stroud, like so much has been made in this league of offense being down, man. Mm-hmm. Mahomes and Hurts are leading the MVP race right now, and they both have double-digit turnovers. Mm-hmm. Everyone, much has been made about Allen's turnovers. Tua has thrown seven picks. And C.J. Stroud's thrown two interceptions. He's the only guy in the league that's not throwing picks. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that mentality you discuss of bouncing back. It's like he he is 
so under control for, right. for a rookie. It's been very impressive, and I think he can absolutely enter the Burrow, Allen, Herbert realm, you know, half a step besides Mahomes mm-hmm. really quickly if he keeps this up. Yeah, because I'm trying to think. I can pull it up. But it's it's interesting because I think they're one game behind Jacksonville. But if they were to tie, they would obviously have tiebreaker because they won in week three. And when you look at the standings in the South, Jacksonville is six and three. Houston is six and four. Houston's schedule moving forward is they get Arizona this week. So we get we get Arizona who gets to see a quarterback of what they thought they were gonna get. And Kyler Murray versus CJ Stroud. And then November 26th, man, Thanksgiving weekend, Jacksonville at Houston. That's the AFC South right there. It is. And, I mean, Houston took care of business in Jacksonville earlier this year. There's no reason to think they can't get it done again. And you know how we said that CJ Stroud would guaranteed play in at least four primetime games next Mm -hmm. year? What do you think happens if they win the AFC South? They get a first-place schedule. Guess who's winning the AFC West? Mm -hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Guess how the schedule works. Everybody that wins their division and their division plays each other. So the Chiefs right now would play Miami again. They would play Baltimore. And in the South, if Houston could win it, Mm -hmm. they'd play Houston. And you better believe that's probably going to be, depending on how the rest of the season plays out, right? If they win that division, if it goes out this way, you have got to believe that Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, and Jeff Bezos are going to have an argument at the very beginning of the season. They're like, I want Stroud, and I want Mahomes, and I want it on blank night. Man, if Stroud comes close to to being in this MVP race, it could be the second time in, what, four seasons that they open the they open the season here on Thursday night. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a huge ticket. And I year. think it's 100% fair to say that he's in the MVP category. Yeah. Now, a lot of people would say, well, you can't be a serious, you know, process or you can't be a serious candidate until you're winning your division uh Jacksonville's got some questions man because I don't know if y'all saw the audio this weekend but there was a play in the game where like I think it's uh is it it's not is it not Bobby Wagner it's their middle linebacker I can't think of his name right now for San Francisco but oh Warner yeah yeah and Trevor Lawrence is saying something and some guy goes they don't know what they're or Warner he just goes they don't know what they're doing and Jacksonville goes, you're right, we don't know what we're doing. In the middle of crunch time. And Trevor Lawrence has, what, nine touchdowns and five interceptions this year? He's not been good. I was wrong on Trevor Lawrence. I thought this was the year that it turned out to be something. But if C.J. Stroud and Patrick Mahomes have a chance to play each other next year, which they should, I don't know what division we play next year. I know this year we played the AFC East I think last year we played the AS, so we would play the South no matter what next year, right? Yeah, I think we're on the South next year. Uh So no matter what, that's a game. Like Houston and Kansas City, no matter what is happening, that is going to be a primetime game, and it's going to be great to see if C.J. Stroud can lead his team to maybe what's going to be the future of football. Stroud, Mahomes, AFC Championship games, Houston, Kansas City, where you want to play it? I think they mean Stroud in this. It might be a voice text, but what does Stroud have to do to get himself in the MVP conversation? He's at the front door, right? Amazon has let you know that the package has been dropped off. To get it inside the house or someone to open it up, just be in top of your division, which you should be able to get there because you play Arizona and then you play Jacksonville. And if you beat Jacksonville again, it's over. You'll win the South. You'll go into the playoffs. 
And then you might get a chance to see, what, they'd be the four seed probably. So it'd be the Chiefs. I think right now it's the Chiefs, Dolphins. No, Chiefs, Ravens, Dolphins, Jags. So they'd be the four seed. They'd play the bet. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. By the way, I think the text line might be right. I think it's the North next we year. We play the North next we year. We had that Titans Sunday night game last year. That's right. We had so, that yeah. Jags Kadarius Tony game. It, it might, it might have been ball. the South last year. Okay, so yeah. we get Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland next year. All right. So he says, "Wait till Diggs goes to the Texans." Boy, let's do it. Let's go. Let's Ooh. go. That's the first hour of the show. Coming back on the other side, Scott Pioli. God, what a douche. It's Nathan Dusty, the 610 Sports Radio, listening to After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Light.